0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi,
1: everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen, back with you with another Believe in Colts episode. And today I have a special guest, a guy who, I mean, dude, uh, I'm just happy you're even on here because I, I came on your show uh, a few months back. It's been a uh, while. Had a, had a great time. Yeah. yeah, ran into your dad at Walmart the other day, and I was like, got my my wheels spinning. I was like, I gotta get him on the show, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, your own personal show, and where they can find you. Uh,
0: name's Carl Holiday, at Barrels Barkley on Twitter. My nickname's Barrel, so I put the word play on Charles Barkley uh i'm a co-host of the blade sports culture show uh it's a sports slash culture music show kind of a lull in sports right now unless you're a baseball fan so we've been more on the music side about to turn up football about that time all right blade sports culture show on youtube awesome
1: awesome well speaking of sports uh if you're interested in betting which there's a lot of people out there bet online is still your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for all baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet online, where the game starts. So today we're going to discuss a little something as training camp starts to roll in um, at the end of next week, man, that's that's exciting. Uh, There's so many people ready to get, uh, I hear that you're going to be heading up there as well, right? Well,
0: my dad and them are heading up there. I have a baby coming. August 1st. So as much as I'd love to go out to West Westfield and get torched by the sun, I won't be able to make it this year. Uh, Season ticket holder though. So I'll be at every game.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, uh, baby Trump's football. I'm just going to let you know that. Uh, So, you know, you get a sliding pass on that one. Yeah, She'll be born with a cold So There you go. There you go. Well, with, with training camp coming up, there is big questions out there. About the team, there's a lot of different uh, questions about, you know, youth, the quarterback, the offensive line play, so much stuff. So, my whole thing is, on this show, we're going to discuss the position group that we individually believe has the most weight on their shoulders to perform well this upcoming 2023 NFL season. We might have the same one.
0: Hmm? We might have the same one. I was talking to you earlier, but the more i started thinking about it i'm like wait a second so it's it's like dominoes so we might have the same one we might
1: have yeah I, I already i already told you which one mine was uh and i'll tell you what we can talk a little bit about the pressure of other other position groups as well while we're here since we got if we do have the same one that's fine but let, let's let's go ahead and jump into it i want to know what position group do you feel like has the most pressure on their shoulders this offseason, this Kay. season?
0: So the Colts have about 10 elephants in the room, right? There's about 10 elephants in the room with this team. Obviously, elephant number one, you know. are not
1: making fun of the line players, right? The oh, absolutely not. Offensive absolutely offensive not. Line. <laughs> bigger the better. I'm bigger. <laughs> better. We traded
0: away Stefan Gilmore. I'm fine with that. Unfortunately, we lost our then number one corner. So, the question is, which group has more pressure? The biggest holes, I think, are on the defensive backs and the cornerbacks. But the biggest pressure to make up for that, I think, would be the pass rush in the defensive line. Okay. I, think, I think they have a lot of pressure to get after the quarterback. Because the more time that quarterback has to throw the ball, we've seen what happened in Baltimore last year. Mm-hmm. Seeing what, I mean, would Lamar throw for 480, 500? <sighs> but I think it's, I think, I think we have a lot of talent on the defensive front. I mean, I think they can ball out this year, especially with the young guys, Quitty, if he can stay healthy and Dio. I think we can ball out, but I think that's where the most pressure is going to be.
1: Well, I'm going to kind of back up your statement just a little bit to build on that a little. Uh Absolutely 100%, because I, I feel like, you know, the defensive back, field right now is kind of playing with house money because they are young you know they're not expected to play really outstanding now they end up finishing 32nd in the nfl then might there might be some raised eyebrows but you know they don't i don't think that there's a lot of pressure for i mean there's three rookies drafted rookies there you know at the cornerbacks alone so i feel like they're playing with house money and you're right it is on that defensive front to get, pre- to get pressure in sacks. And we all know Gus Bradley, much like Matt Eberflus, does not blitz a lot at all, right? And he, he, he tries to get pressure with the front four. Now, last year, the Colts, they were top 10 in the NFL in sacks, right, quietly. They were, I think, third in the NFL, walking into, I think, week 13 or something like that, right? And then fell off. But really... It really depends, and you're right, with with the defensive ends. We know what we got with Grover. We know what we got with Defoe. Absolutely. We do not have yet found somebody to step up into that number one 10-plus sack guy role, and we need some of these young guys to do so, right, with Dio Dio and all them.
0: We thought – we think Yannick was going to be it last year. He just – he just didn't panic. Quiddy's injury-ridden, and Dio's just – I think he's just, like, going through the motions up and down a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we get Taekwon back this year, correct?
1: Yes, yes. We did sign Taekwon for a one-year. But, again, he's got to stay healthy. He can't have a, another blown oh, man, knee, dude. you know, so halfway, halfway through that the season.
0: <laughs> I feel so bad for that kid, dude. We were at the Tennessee game when he blew his knee out oh. a couple years back. Man, I felt so bad for him. I, I, I'm glad they're giving him another shot.
1: Really Me, too. Am when he's on the field, he seems to produce, you know, it's just yeah. getting him on the field and keeping him there. That's, that's the biggest mm. problem to me. I have a different position group. I have the offensive line. Um, look, the, the offense is going to run right through that offensive line literally. And, you know, figuratively with the fact that no matter who's a quarterback, no matter who is at quarterback, it's Jonathan Taylor and the running back group that's going to end up kind of setting the tone for this offense. And the offensive line has to open up holes for that group, period. Okay. And yeah. last year, first eight, nine, ten games, they weren't doing very good job of it at all. So and many variables. So many know. variables. God. And then you got – and then the second part of that, obviously, is pass protection. And if you got a rookie quarterback – that has 13 career starts in college, and that's it, starting at quarterback. What do you think he's going to go through when you had a 17-year vet last year who – Seeing ghosts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, Good. and you've seen, you've seen how that affected the passing game, you know, last year with the offensive line play that he had. You could only imagine the terror – That would be going through Anthony Richardson if he's out there starting, you know, and he has to deal with the same kind of protection. So to me, that offensive line has got all the pressure in the world because it's not like Chris Ballard went out there and was like, oh, we got to get this fixed now. We're going to go and spend a number, you know, second round pick on an offensive lineman and then go in the free agency and grab a $15 million. No. No. He didn't do none of that crap, right?
0: He didn't do it last year either.
1: No. (laughs) After after the year we had last year, Chris Ballard still kind of, to me, it felt like he sat on his laurels, right, when it came to the offensive line.
0: I will say this. Okay. I have a bold prediction about a particular part on our offensive line. I think Bernard Ryman elevates this year. Maybe not Pro Bowl level, but borderline. I think he elevates. I've seen a lot of promise in him last year.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like after Jeff Saturday became the interim head coach and was like, these are the five guys we're putting out there. They're going to stay there. There's no more Russian roulette at the line. You know, it felt like the longer Ryman stayed out there, the better and better he got. So I'm with you on that. I have a feeling that Ryman uh, this year will come out at least as good as he was when he finished the season last year, if not slightly better from the practice. But my guy that that right guard position is scary right now who is our who is our right guard right now uh, will is it fries
0: is it, yeah it's fries yeah and up and he, down up and he, down he's still 25 though he's he's 25 but yeah still. but the problem
1: the problem with will fries is he 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 okay one thing that he can improve on easily in my opinion is recognizing blitz schemes delayed blitzes twists, stunts, things of that nature. That just comes with experience and going over and over and over and over over, seeing that stuff on the field.
0: I mean, he's got the size, man. He's 6'6", 305.
1: Yes, but yet he gets bowled over.
0: God, dude. I mean,
1: you get a power rush from a big defensive tackle and he is on his butt half the time. And I'm not understanding it. Yeah. So...
0: Another thing is like with this offensive line this year. I mean, our our the core we've had has been Braden, you know Ryan and Quentin. They they've only got to play with a a mobile quarterback one year. I mean, if if you count, unless you count Jacoby, and that's unless you count Jacoby, it's. It's a completely different ball game when not only do you have to pass protect, but you have to make sure you're not grabbing them jerseys when your quarterback gets out of the pocket. So that's another lesson that these – especially these young guys got to learn. Like that's going to be a big learning curve.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot right there. I think really, in my opinion, you just have to stick with your basics. Here's something that is something we're not used to seeing, and we're going to probably see quite a bit of it in training camp during team activities. Dude, Gus Bradley has to send blitzes just so that this offensive line can practice Oh, yeah. Him. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Just that because you Richardson. don't use the blitzes during games, you got to show it to your offensive line. And I think that's another reason why the offensive line had a lot of heartache and problems early in the season because Gus wasn't sending blitzes at practice for them to practice against. Just patting
0: them on the butt like a baby. Yeah. 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 I mean, even yeah, I think even Quentin said at one point he thought they were losing their physicality. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about one of the dudes that would just put people in the dirt and he felt like he wasn't playing physical anymore. Like mm-hmm. something something did change. Like I think me and you talked about it like when you came on before, like what, like when Saturday, when set like the offensive line kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. Like they, they they felt like what the fuck are we done?
1: What are we doing? Yeah. 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 I do feel like Saturday uh made them, you know, made them feel accountable for every single thing. And not just themselves, like the guy next to them. You know, like they were they were making the guy next to them accountable, right? And that's that's the big thing because the guy next the offensive line is only as good as its weakest link, right? So you could be playing well, the buddy on your left could be playing well, but the guy on your right's playing like crap. That is going to affect how you play and the guy on his right. You know, Quentin's the biggest
0: example of that. Quentin's the biggest example. I mean, where Braden, I mean, can we say Quentin regressed a little bit when he has to guard two people? Like, I mean, (laughs) right. There's no, there's no doubt that Ryan and Braden regressed, but Quentin, I mean, he's literally this.
1: Well here's here's something about Ryan, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure Ryan regressed as much as a lot of people believe because he's sitting there with the right guard that's having issues all season long, right? No matter who was at right guard, whether it was prize, whether it was Pinter. was, was it at right
0: guard one at one point? Yeah. Like I think they I think there was like a carousel. I think there was one yeah. game I think was prime time where they shuffled the entire offensive line.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And At at some point, you know, you have to pick a guy to block, right? And if your guy is the blitzer coming right at you, but the guy that the right guard is supposed to be handling gets right by the right guard, no problem, you got to take care of that dude, you know? And then that means your guy is free running.
0: And that's if the if the defensive line's not doing stunts or yeah just b- bringing in an extra one, then you then you have a whole other variable to deal exactly. So, no, their
1: brains. So the 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 thing about Ryan is, I feel like if you put what is supposed to be in front of him and just let him take care of his own, I think he's a top notch center in the NFL. But if well, you're he, trying he to was put so much line, on his sure. plate, huh?
0: I said he definitely was at one point for sure. Yeah. For
1: sure. I mean, when it comes to run blocking, I think he's fantastic because of his ability to hand a guy off a double team and get to the second level. That's one of the reasons why in 2021, Jonathan Taylor busted over 1,800 yards rushing, you know, had over 20 touchdowns on the season, right? is because of Kelly's ability to get to the second level and create that seal block at the second level. And allow Taylor, you know, the extra two, three, four yards of running room before he's even touched.
0: MVP, so. Jonathan Taylor. I just seen that video that you posted about the New England, the New England one. Oh, yeah, my God,
1: dude. Ah, uh, but so to me, so it's funny. I think it's really funny that uh, between the two of us, our two biggest position groups that have the most weight on their shoulders entering this season. Is the two position groups the the both the head coach and the GM say is the most important on the team, and that's in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line.
0: <laughs> Chris Ballard preached that man mm-hmm. when when we first hired him a while back. God, he, he just preached the games are one of the trenches, and he started to build it. He started to build it, but I don't know. I think the quarterback thing really just it just it. It's a broken record, man. It's a broken record for Colts fans. It just set us back so far, especially with the GM who is known for drafting in the trenches and we're putting so much pressure on him to draft quarterback. He's like, okay, I'm just going to draft the quarterback now. Like, I mean, I, I, hope, I hope it I hope it pans out for, for my sanity. I hope it pans out <laughs> for my sanity.
1: Yeah. I, um, a lot of people are going to say that uh, the most of the pressure is going to be on the quarterback position this year. Uh, I don't, I, I feel like, the quarterback position, no matter who's out there, whether it's Gardner Minshew or whether it's um, Anthony Richardson there, I feel like they're playing a little bit with house money this year. For sure. uh, Because, you know, it's first time in a Colts uniform. One of them, first time ever being in the NFL, you got a whole new offensive system, Mm -hmm. offensive playbook, other than Gardner Minshew, but everybody else around Gardner is, you know, dealing with that, you know, new, new system that they're having to to build. So offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, we got we yeah we got Jim Bob over there. Um, the only the only thing I think that we've kept on the offense is Reggie Wayne. Reggie, right, yeah. right. So, and I feel like Reggie feels like he has a lot of weight on his shoulders because of the youth of the wide receiving group. Right. That
0: and Reggie hates to lose, man.
1: He's tired of stinking.
0: Like he, especially when he has his name attached to something, you can hear it in his interviews. Like he's just like, I, I want to win. Like he wants to win,
1: man. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, we all remember the Green Bay game where he's like, uh, "We're <sighs> not going to lose this game. I'm going to single handedly win this this game for Chuck Pagano." But and if, he know, got for 200? He had
0: 180?
1: like two hundred and thirty yards receiving yeah. or some crap. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it was it was unbelievable game from Reggie. Uh, just to will the Colts to win in that game. Now, I wish that he could will the Colts to win every game, uh, you know, while he's a coach, but that's a little bit different. Only using... so much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: only, room looks only good. yell at
1: somebody so much.
0: <laughs> Our wide receiver room looks good. I ain't hating on him. I mean, a lot of promise there.
1: Oh, uh, Josh? Downs? Adams? Yeah. Uh, I know Reggie said that he thought he was the best receiver at camp. At, at, at uh, the combine.
0: Wow. I, from what I've seen, the kids, I mean, he's got it. It's just, there's a lot of targets there. I mean, especially with our tight end room. Like, our tight end room is
1: big. Big. Oh, we have we, a big tight end room. We got a great tight end. I, I feel like we have a deep tight end. I'm not saying that the top end talent is as good as like a Travis Kelsey. Or oh, a right, right, Hitler, right. It's very but tough. I'm saying they're a good group and there's not much drop off between number one and number five, right? There's that many good tight ends we have in that group. Man. And oh, yeah. they're going to – they got a little weight on their shoulders too, right? Because not only do they have to effectively pass, but after the the amount of scrutiny they were under from run blocking and pass blocking last year, it's, it's really on them right now to improve that significantly during the offseason.
0: How do you feel? How do you feel they did last year in the run blocking and pass blocking categories?
1: I feel like okay, I have said this multiple times when I went through the, the all 22. Kylan Granson was the best blocker overall of the whole, which, team. Is, which is so so surprising. Smallest, right? Smallest <laughs> right? He's like, you got Mo Alley Cox, who was Johnny. literally his nickname was Mo Alley Blocks the year before, right? And then you know, you got. This six foot 12, 350 pound former quarterback playing tied in out there. But let's face it, you know, he's still learning mm-hmm. to run routes and catch the ball and learn offenses. Talk about, yeah. about Jelani. Yeah. Talk about Jelani.
0: Know, yeah.
1: He's exactly. going to be great. But Kylan man. was in his second year. He even, Kylan told me last year during the offseason last year that the number one thing he was working on was improving his blocking skills. And he did so. And he, he did. So. Might,
0: it's so weird saying this. He might be one of the best yak receiving tight ends in the league.
1: He's amazing. He's he's like really yards good.
0: after catch.
1: He was number three in the NFL in the tight end at yards per separation per oh, route. I
0: believe it. I believe
1: it. He yeah. was yeah, and and Paris Campbell was number number five in wide receivers in yards per separation. It's a shame we couldn't keep Campbell.
0: He's uh, <laughs> going to do great. He's gonna do very well in New York. Oh He'll do yeah. very well in New York.
1: I feel like he's he's got the opportunity to be the the uh the guy the guy. Yeah, yeah he does. I mean who, who Darius Slayton? I mean <laughs>
0: yeah, he, can't, he can't stay on the field.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Believe in Colts. Carl, I really appreciate you joining uh me today. Me, uh one more time, let people Blades, know where they can find you.
0: Blade Sports Culture on YouTube or Facebook talk about all kinds of stuff football is about to be very heavy
1: absolutely and until next time i'm lawrence on with carl Holiday. believe in colts we believe in all sports but right now this is a colt show darn it absolutely <laughs> it's brought to you by bet online and as usual go colts
0: and do you believe thank you for listening to believe